0: Welcome to Gaia's Voice. I'm Pepper Lewis. For the last 20 years, I've had the privilege of listening to our Earth speak directly through me in a process that is sometimes called channeling. Over centuries, our Earth has been called Gaia, an affectionate and friendly term that simply means life-giving. I hope you'll find Gaia's words as meaningful and direct as I have. Welcome to Gaia's Voice. Indeed, and once again, salutations. And we return to our subject, for it is a multifaceted one. Perhaps what was not said earlier is that depending upon what one wants and its tangible or intangible nature affects time, affects space. Let us say, for instance, that one would manifest only a basket of treasure. Only a chest of riches or what it would be. It is very dense what one wishes, you see. It must be so specific. It must be this dimension and not another. It must contain this or that. So what one desires then, specific as it is, dense as it is, now it must also then be brought forth into and through time and space. In essence, it does not necessarily travel as you imagine travel. But even in the bringing forth, it must materialize in such a way. It must condense. It must coalesce. It must be brought forth. Therefore, that which one chooses that is most dense in nature be it tangible or intangible, becomes then subject as well to other laws, the laws of time, the laws of dimension, and such other laws as one would draw to themselves. For instance, let us say that one believes himself to be subject to the laws of karma. Then one would say, "Well." Until such time, as I have not completed my offering of karma, of service, until such time, I will perhaps not be meritorious of that which I choose to bring forth now. The choice to manifest is still the same, and all the laws that apply to that are also still the same, but now they are also subject to the filter to the belief or the understanding that one must first transcend one's karma before one is deserving meritus of what one would call forth. The simplest ways to manifest are what we addressed earlier. I choose. I bring forth. I invite such as is mine to become mine in this dimension as well as others. It is the simplest way. With non-interference and with non-separation, one draws to oneself what is already present and what already belongs to one. Even the third dimension of limitation is not the dimension that would keep you separate from that which you would desire. It may limit what you desire, it may catch it between time and space, or in other such parameters as you may offer, but still it would present itself. The most intangible of things are sometimes no less dense. For instance, let us say one desires their heart's true love, what they would term their soul mate. And it must be this, but not that. And it must be in this body or vehicle It must have already accomplished all that I have accomplished, and perhaps even a bit more, and like that. The more that one defines, the more dense that subject, that beingness, that desire becomes. And again, subject then to the laws of time and space, time particularly. And in time, one then begins to say, well, Perhaps the manifesting scheme does not work as well as they have told me. And perhaps my faith is not as great as it was at one time. And perhaps I will set aside my hopes or lessen them or set about my business, forgetting what I have intoned or invoked. Ah, but this is also then an approach in which a belief or a law of density then complicates. For under the laws of density where one believes or beliefs have changed under the cause for manifestation, now there is a diminishing of the energy that has been invited to participate. So clarity lightness of being, and the removal of the laws of density wherever possible, will accelerate. How does one accelerate what one wishes to manifest? How do I bring it forth now? So be it. One brings forth now by acknowledging that what one is is not separate from what one desires and that in time and space, all things, all dimensions are aligned. Imagine that there is a very beautiful, very bountiful picture. And in order to make it just so, all of the colors are as if separated from it, all placed on a different placard, as it were. All of these then separate, it is difficult to see what one has desired or envisioned. In order to assemble them again, one must place them in the right order and lay them one upon the other just perfectly so until the image reveals itself again. This is how dimensions are as well. They can be taken apart, they can be dispersed, they can be understood individually, separately, or in the terms of manifestation, one must combine all of them, all of the colors, all of the harmonies, In order to bring forth a harmonic that is in perfect balance, perfect alignment with the dimensions. And any form of distortion then delays the arrival, if you like, of what one would choose. So it is important that one remain aligned with what one desires. That the vision be one, that the desire as one, and the heart also as one. Perhaps let us have dialogue now that we will continue to understand the subject from a variety of perspectives, perhaps from very personal or individual perspectives. Let it be so then. It is, after all, a gathering of those that have manifested here this evening. You have brought yourselves forth. Let us see what else you have brought with you as well then. well then, shall we complete the evening? (laughs) So simply and quickly, all of your answers then have been so easily met.
1: Good evening, Gaia. Somebody's got to jump in here. (laughs) Um, It seems that manifesting generally has to come from a place of knowing what you want and being able to picture it clearly how does that work when perhaps one is in depression one doesn't know what one wants, can't see the pictures clearly how does one get into that creative space um, when it doesn't seem to be existing in the moment?
0: Indeed, it is an excellent question Now, one, your beingness, is not in depression The mind is in depression, and you are not your mind. So the first question must be then, how does one escape the confines of the mind in order to place oneself within a creative stance again, a beingness, from which one can then manifest or bring forth? So it is the first understanding then, to say, to know, that which I am exists before and beyond this mind. And while the mind now finds it captive and interested in the drama of the moment, I stand beside it. And indeed, that is what you will do. Here exists the being and the mind. Here is your humanness. And then your beingness, that which you are, will take one step to the side and now you are your beingness. This I am. This truth I embody. This truth is limitless. This truth here, that I also embrace, this vehicle, this mind, so supportive most of the time, currently is not. And while I do not abandon it, I take one step aside from it not separate from it, not removed from it, beside it. I am its companion, but I am not that. I am not the mind. I am not the depression. I am that which cannot create. I am that which is. And from this point, once again, creativity becomes possible. For creativity is as limitless as the being, as the supply that one would call upon. Now, one cannot then call upon that which would satisfy the mind, you see? If the mind has created fear, the mind's companion is now fear. And as you step aside from that, embracing that, at the same time you must create based upon that which one is and desires. Therefore, the beingness does not create based upon need. The beingness needs nothing, for the beingness is all. And one cannot then say, here, out of pity or out of an attempt to rebalance, I will give the mind what it believes that it needs so that I may be free of it. Because one cannot free oneself of the mind. One stands aside from the mind, aside from the fear, in order to rejoin creativity. And having rejoined creativity, one then says to the beingness and the human in the mind, come look how fertile this ground is. Come look how comforting it is. Come look, I embrace you. And then comes all into the oneness again. So it is not as vicious a circle, you see, for the mind cannot escape itself. And as long as one becomes only the mind, only what the mind believes that it needs in order to escape itself, there is no escape from the loop, the interminable loop. But the beingness is not a part of that. It only chooses to embrace that as part of the journey. This is This of assistance to you.
1: Yes, and um, from that space of beingness that has no need, how does it create then the needs of the personality human that needs to, cre- that needs to create, um, for instance, rent money?
0: Very well. It does not. And this is simply a misunderstanding of the laws of manifestation. The human, the mind, needs the monies to pay the rent. So be it. The beingness, in its infinite creativity, creates for itself a life in which it is supported a life in which that which is, is. That which is does not need. That which is, is. Now included in that which is, is the support. The support and the compassion and the firm ground to be upon and the security with which to embrace and like that. One creates then a supportive environment in which there is no need. One does not create rent monies, you see, as we have said earlier, money of its own has little and no energy and only the value that is assigned to it. If one has assigned to it a value called need, that is very little value. But if instead one places oneself in beingness, in beingness I am supported, in beingness there is an environment about me that understands that which I am and that which is. And this includes that which needs. You see? That which you are. All that is, God includes humanity that needs. But that which is, all that is, does not need. Does not need humanity. Does not need rent monies, you see. But that which is includes humanity and loves and comforts humanity. That which is the earth does not need humanity upon it, but the sentient Gaia then approves and embraces humanity and all that humanity desires and its needs and its resources, you see? In essence, you hold need and the mind here when it is the beingness that holds need and the mind here Mm. to cradle it, you see? The mind cannot cradle the being, but the being can cradle the mind The beingness holds, embraces, and loves, and comforts that which still fears and that which still needs. It does not stand aside from it. It does not hold it here and say, when you have dealt with your needs and such, then I will embrace you. It embraces it now, and at the same time it says, there, there, we are not that. But there, there, feel that. Whether it is need or depression or what it is, feel that while my beingness surrounds us once again with comfort for that which is supplies all, including that. So include the need, but do not become the need. Include the mind, but be not the mind, for you are not. It
1: looks like a big threshold from where I'm standing right now.
0: Is it indeed? It is one step from where you are standing now, sweet. It is one step. It is a difficult step for the mind but not for the beingness, I am. Understand?
1: Yes, I do. Thank you.
0: If you will take the step, the mind will follow. It is somewhat obligated to do so. (laughs) It is somewhat attached to you. Most of the time, the mind believes it leads you about by the news. Why not have the soul leave the mind about for a change? (laughs) That would be so nice. Put a leash upon it. Follow, mind. We go this way. Mind, we enter the alternate reality. Follow if you dare. Most of the time, it is the other way around. It is the mind commanding. It is the mind that says to the soul or to the presence or to the purpose, follow if you dare. Follow if you dare set aside such fears and such. Boulder Dash.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Indeed. And fear holds the rest of your tongues. <laughs>
2: yes. After you, That's okay.
0: Hello. Um, how do I put this is it healthy to have reached a point where desires are not important any longer and you just want to be a vessel for the Creator to manifest himself as self or is it escapism and giving up to what needs to be manifested it depends upon the individualness in essence now not to have desires is well and good But if not having desires means as well not holding oneself in a creative stance, then it is as you say, to stand aside or to escape, you see. One can be in a creative nature without having one thought or one desire. But one is a creative being. One thinks creative thoughts. One imagines creative events. One sees art in one's vision and hears symphonies, all this without one single desire, you see? So it will depend upon the beingness. What one seeks, if it is what one finds and one is at peace, then all is well and good and in balance. It will depend if one is inside looking outward, outward looking inward, Is one at peace where one is, or one is simply biding one's time? Hmm, sometime or another this life will end. And as I desire nothing in this moment, perhaps it will end sooner rather than later. That is not creative, you see? So it will depend upon the individual beingness then, and each one holds creativity uniquely and differently. Thank you. It was spot on, because I think there is a play of both. Yes. Parties. Yeah. Thank you very much.
2: Greetings, Gaia.
0: I bid you good eve as well. Uh,
2: one of the things I'm wondering about is um, how many different things projects or creations one could be focusing on at the same time? Let's say one or more things in relating to work, another relating to you know, where one's living, another thing relating to relationship. How many different things from manifesting can one focus on at a time?
0: Very well. Excellent. Somewhat it depends upon what one places awareness upon. Let us say that one holds all of these as one. In a state of oneness, may all these things be made in perfection and manifest in my beingness, in all of the environments in which I am. That is one state of beingness. Another says, this is here and that is over there. And if I put my awareness here, I have less awareness to put on that one. Where they are all held as separate, they become limited. For one has a limited awareness that one can offer in different directions. But if they are not all in different directions, what if they are all directions that all move toward the center? One need only then stand in the center of one's own beingness or one's own life and draw to one from all directions. Then they are no longer separate. All that one desires comes to one. To bring forth means to bring to the center, to bring to your being. It does not necessarily mean I will go seek it, and there it will be. And then, having retrieved that, I will go elsewhere and seek that. Or I will place things in this order, this first, and that the other. Then they become a list of priorities and separate engagements. To have all of the same desires, but to hold them in oneness so they will manifest in one dimension from many. Be that where they enter from is still to be in one's center. You see? You are the sun. All revolves around the sun. All of your desires manifest, come to the sun. Like that.
2: Uh, thank you. And could you say a little bit more on how what what one needs to do to be in that central sun position.
0: Very well. To be the sun is to be the sun of all that is. To be the sun is to be the center. To be the sun is to say I am. Here in the sun there is an axis. There is an axis a plane that extends through and beyond the body, there is an axis that traverses the body, that crosses the being. And all of the energies and all of the desires and all that you would manifest comes to here. From the polarity that was experienced earlier, from the seeming opposites, from earth and heaven there is a cross of energies and that is the sun. From the seeming opposites comes a cross of energies into the solar plexus and that is the sun. And if one forgets, then, how to be the sun, it is to be as I am in this moment, using this body, your body, if you like, as an example, where the energies cross, the meridians of the body cross, where the meridians cross, the ley lines of the planets cross, and that is the sun. It is the center position. It is the place where all energies come to be. Is this remembrance, and this is perhaps a greater truth than any other. For you to say, my mind is here, are you certain? Is it your mind that is here? Is it your brain that is here? Where do the thoughts come from? Is it your heart that is here? Are you certain this is where your feelings come from? I say the surest way to know where all comes from is to allow the energies to find their way here, to the center of your being, to the sunship within you. Shall we say you also are a son of God and the center of all that is? You see, humanity wishes not to say it all revolves about me for fear that that would be the ego that would speak. I say not. If you are indeed the son of all that is, then all does indeed revolve around you and you and you. It cannot be otherwise. Your desires come to the center, you are all that is, you are the sun of all that is, you are the sun that is in the center of the solar system. And all does indeed revolve about the sun, all is indeed drawn to the sun, and all comes from the sun, merges with the sun and is brought forth by the sun's energy. Is not that manifesting. Have we not said it is to brought forth, to bring into being? It is the sun that brings the seasons. It is the sun that brings the crops. It is the sun that brings renewal. And it is the same sun that brings the same to you. For you are that as well. We have said again and again, you are not who you are. You are that you are. You are the sun I am. You are that I am. The who does very little. That is all there is. Yes? yes? Indeed. Thank you.
3: Good evening, Gaia. Good eve. I'm not really sure how to frame this question, But, I accept the truth that everything that is visible to me in my life is there because I manifested it. But, I'm not always aware that it's a conscious thought or creation or choice. And um, I do have experiences of lucid dreaming where it's very real to me at that time, but it's not in this dimension. So, can you explain how things manifest in one's life without the conscious creation? Yes. And then how to, well, I think you've talked about how to do conscious creation tonight, but what about the unconscious creation that shows up?
0: Well, that is all the a bit time. when the being says, you know what? I have not been surprised in a while. And while I'm not certain entirely what it is I do want, I do want something. And so something enters your beingness. Lucid dreaming or lucid creating is simply to enter the field of all possibilities. It does not necessarily mean that one must enter it with their entire consciousness intact. One enters the field in an exploration, and that which is most attractive to the beingness in that moment is drawn to it, whether one is conscious of that attraction or not. Mm. Attraction is a field. It is a magnetic field. And as the exchange of energy takes place, the electromagnetic field shifts polarity. And so that which is attracted to that movement is brought into your beingness. Now, most of the time, that which is attracted to your beingness is drawn into the field by a desire, be it conscious or unconscious. Sometimes, however, the tide simply brings something in,
4: Mm. and
0: then you have the opportunity to evaluate it and say, this indeed is a dream come true, or where indeed did this come from and how soon can I toss it back? (laughs) All of these are possibilities as well. Remember that to manifest and to unmanifest is not entirely different. To appear and to disappear is not entirely different, and all part of the same creative act. Whether one manifests a life or takes a life involves the same amount of creativity. It is a difficult concept, but it is the very reason why there is no judgment. They are both creative acts. They are an aspect of what is. They have come from the is-ness or the all that is and all returns to the is, all that is. It began as a creative act, it ends as a creative act and renews itself as a creative act. One cannot judge such. It is life unfolding or life becoming or life renewing or life exchanging. And all of these circulate about you as well in your own field and that field has attractors, some conscious and some unconscious and depending upon this is what you will draw to you. Let us say you very much desire a certain experience but at the same time you fear it. Both of these in essence travel together. The desire and the fear of an event or a thing or what it may be travel together. And as they enter the field of possibilities, that which is stronger in that moment or that which is an aspect of more attractiveness or that which is present when the exchange of energies or the folding of environments takes place, that is what will enter. The fear may enter or the desire may be expressed. This is when there is unconsciousness, as you have asked. When there is consciousness, one presents first one's desire, and then if there is an underlying fear, well, one will hold that in reserve. But when one is unconscious, they both travel as if side by side, each daring the other to be the one to manifest, you see?
3: Mm -hmm. So, you can can desire something, as you, you just mentioned, and then It brings forth a a fear. If you acknowledge that and still go with the desire, it can still manifest.
0: Oh, yes. The desire does not disappear because the fear is present. And as long as the fear is not what goes first, we will say, Mm -hmm. or they will travel side by side. In which case, still, we would say odds there are as a 50-50 possibility. (laughs) If they travel as partners, what will be present, what will enter that field first, what will be magnetized first? And let us say that it is the fear, still it does not mean that one does not manifest one's desire, simply that one must go through the fear Mm -hmm. first in order to understand the desire, you see?
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: But they have become partners now.
3: Where fear can just cancel out the manifestation. It can. It can.
0: More than likely it is simply put on delay, Mm
3: -hmm. on
0: the back burner, on a bit of a simmer. It is rare that a desire is completely cancelled.
3: That makes sense. That makes sense. Can I ask another question on? No. No.
0: Somebody else can go. No, I shouldn't
3: ask permission. I should just say I have another question, Gaia.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, very well then. We must become empowered. You are the sun, have we not said? Yes. Does indeed. the sun not then command from its center?
3: <laughs> exactly. You spoke earlier about uh, timing and space and the laws of time and space and when things. Uh, manifest and mention something about the denser, the desire, the longer it takes to manifest. And I'm not sure I understood clearly um, how time and space works into this. I I always use the phrase, you know, everything's in divine timing and it'll get here when it's supposed to get here, but I'm not, I don't understand how that really works. So can you do a little bit more expansion on how time plays into manifesting or calling forth what we desire?
0: If one exists in the lightness of one's being, then all that one draws to oneself is also in the lightest of all beingness. But if one then considers oneself of a dense nature where the mind becomes a bit dense and the thoughts a bit slow, and one feels oneself indebted or responsible to another or for one's life, one becomes more dense. Their energy becomes more dense. The energy that travels through their beingness slows. All the processes of the beingness slow. The digestive process slows and even the eyes slow. The more that this continues, The more dense the being becomes. Now, that which is most dense, when it attempts to create based upon the lightest of all thoughts or experiences, that lightness of being, that light desire, must in essence travel through a thicker field, Mm. a more dense field. The thicker and more dense the field, the more time and space relate to it. The lighter the field, the speed of light, we will say. Whatever the speed of light is, by which world it is or by which dimension is, and it varies. But the denser one feels or regards one's beingness, the more that one enters time and space, and therefore one's desires slow. The process itself slows giving time, if you like, for one to understand or to recognize how all has slowed down. It becomes, in essence, sluggish, you see. Mm -hmm. Energy as well. And what one manifests can come very quickly or it can take years. It is all the same law. It is all the same practice. But where one holds oneself as dense, all must enter and pass through that density. Let us say that in that one density, one creates as if a minefield, a field of asteroids if one were in space. One would draw to one the light of a star as it were. Now that light of the star, if it does not have a clear path, now it must dart about the asteroid field looking for a clear path. So there is a delay Perhaps there is a lessening of that light as it ricochets past all such asteroids, densities, you see. All of these are examples, symbolic examples if you like, but quite real as well.
3: That helps clarify it. Thank you.
0: So when one chooses to manifest then, it is well and appropriate to say, Let the energy match my own, and let my own energy be quickened. Let that which I am become lightness of being. Let that which I am discard density that would prevent such. Let the energy I draw match the energy I am, and light speed, God speed, for I am one with that. God does not withhold God from God. But humanity withholds both humanity from itself and God from itself, therefore, manifestation as well.
1: So Gaia, did I hear you say, did I correctly hear you say tonight, that putting conditions on the desired manifestation, uh, the color, the look, the height, everything, you know, all these certain requirements, that also slows down the manifestation, it densifies and limits the manifestation?
0: It limits it. Now, that is not to say that you cannot receive just what you desire, but create it based upon the imagination in that lucid field of all possibilities, not in the human mind. You see? The field of all possibilities, not the human mind field that says it must be thus or that, or I will discard it, or I will not receive it, or like that. In the field of all oneness, it can only be the way that you have projected it to you. For God would not keep God from God. It would be all that you desire, but the mind would. So
1: perhaps I need to be a little more clear because from where I am right now, I can only... Imagine manifesting from the human mind and I'm not sure that I can step beside that as you have demonstrated tonight to be in that place that manifests from um, all that is.
0: Ah, sweet. The human mind of its own does very little. Tis excellent at fear. Tis right good at worry. And it can make a few sums for you. And it can subtract quite a bit as well. But it is not a very creative vassal. That is why we say simply, step just beside it, not so far as to frighten even more, and just enough to say, I hold and include and embrace all, including this. And I now as well enter a field of greater possibilities that contains the mind. The mind cannot contain the field of possibilities, but the field of all that is does contain the mind. In this way, you need not separate yourself from the mind in order to enter such field. And this is part of your fear, that you must in essence divorce yourself from your mind in order to choose elsewhere, just simply a different perspective.
1: I, I understand what you're saying to me. How can I recognize when I have stepped into that other place of the beans?
0: Oh, tis very simple. Do you get what you want there? The rent <laughs> monies or what it is.
3: Okay.
0: Ah, here I am. Oh, that wasn't the place. It was the other one. Oh. Like that, okay. with a bit of humor, just like that. Not with a chastisement that says, I've done it again. Once again, I find myself in lack and without and in need. With humor. With humor. Oh, look, I have stepped in a bit of muck. <laughs> Off with these shoes and on with the next. Into the field of greater possibilities. There is no muck to step in there. The field of the mind, well, one must dodge it a bit. Yes? Yes. Indeed. With humor, you see? With humor. The smile upon your face. Indeed, sweet. Gives us great pleasure to see it such.
2: Thank you. Could you speak a little bit about what What's needed in terms of consciously creating what we want as a nation. Uh, If there is um, also some uh, number of people that need to be consciously working together to create greater harmony and peace and transformation.
0: Very well. Do you speak of this nation in particular so that we will be specific? Uh, At
2: this time, yes. The
0: United States nation then, yes? Of America. Very well. We will say of this then that there is not the consciousness that guides it now. Neither does the unconsciousness guide it. So it is a bit adrift now. It is a bit in the lands in between, the bad lands, we would say, not here and not there. There is no conscious leadership and no unconscious leadership has offered itself as well. So it is a bit cast adrift, attempting to find for itself a new place, a new identity, and a new peoples to belong to. Consciously and unconsciously, its citizens have abandoned it. So it is a bit adrift now, as we have said. So it is more than simple consciousness or a simple quotient of how many that is needed. It must be the energy that is placed within it again. It must find its heart first and then it will rediscover a consciousness First, there must be a discovery of the heart. Where is that heart? That heart is within its peoples. But its peoples have no heart where it comes to the consciousness of the country now. Its peoples have been projected elsewhere. The agenda of the country has been projected elsewhere. And those that can or would stand for its name or its cause are unconscious. What is needed then is for this great land, as it were, to discover its sonship or its center again, its heart, and from its heart to reawaken its peoples. If it does not, many and more will abandon its shores literally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. If it does find itself, its heart again, then the consciousness will care for itself and it will become a great peoples and a great race again. Yes?
2: Yes. Could you say a little bit more about what Any steps that could be done to further embrace the sacred and the heart and how quickly this could happen?
0: In terms of the country or in terms of the heart?
2: I think in terms of both.
0: Make your question specific, Mm. sweet, that the answer will be of benefit to you.
2: In terms of the country, uh, being able, or part of the, the peoples of the country being able to embrace the heart and the sacred?
0: Uh, Very well. Now, more of the peoples of this country have abandoned their own heart first. Now, tis a bit of a toss-up. Did they abandon their heart or did the country, the motherland as it were, abandon them so that they abandoned their hearts, that they felt as orphans, you see. For one's country is as well, one's mother, one's father, one's parent and like that. And if one does not then receive from one's parent sustenance and support and devotion and love, one would abandon oneself. But interestingly, one would take it upon itself and say, it must have been my fault must have gone wrong here or there or somewhere. But there is no fault here. There is only an awareness that has simply vanished, as it were. Just as a people vanish from the surface of a certain area, how is that sometimes? How is it that an entire civilization vanishes? Sometimes it is simply that there was no longer a heart there was no longer a consciousness to guide it. And without this, it matters not whether it is physical or not physical, thriving or not. This country, then, while not under threat of this, we will say it is a possibility. So there must be a rediscovery of what the heart holds. Currently, humanity. As it relates to this country, searches for its purpose. It searches for a meaning to life, an explanation of what is. But still it searches outside of itself. And as with all things, the answer lies within first, and then the experience of it without. The country must then re-experience itself, that its peoples will then reinvent themselves uniquely and differently. Eventually, as it sees now, they will take an example from others in other countries at first and eventually even other worlds. But there will be many less upon this continent than upon others. for there is less heart in this continent and there is less consciousness upon this continent than upon others. Currently, of all of the continents, we will say that the South American is the most conscious. It also contains many of the indigenous ones, you see, and the indigenous races tend to hold their heart as a bit more sacred than the external peoples. Does the evening draw to a close?
4: I'd like to ask a question.
0: Ah, indeed!
4: <laughs> I'm appreciating the uh, field of possibility and going there in the manifesting process um, without limitation, consciousness, without fear, consciousness, etc. And um, where where that leads me to is the question about Uh, where effort fits in and where surrender fits in to the manifestation process. Because if you go to that place of limitless possibility and uh, visualize a certain scenario, and and, uh, you begin to draw that into manifestation through creativity, uh, and and that's as far as you go, then I'm wondering how much effort is necessary. Right, and then when you make effort, if you're not seeing results, then where does uh, surrender step in as a part of the process?
0: Very well. Now then, first of all, the beingness cannot effort whatsoever. 'Tisn't becoming of a being to effort after all. The mind, however, takes great pleasure in making effort for itself and for others. So the mind must be gainfully employed as all must. And so effort is the gainful employment of the mind. Now, there is purpose to this as well. So in answer to your question, as one, yes, enters the field of all possibilities and there creates and shapes and draws to one, magnetizes to one, one's heart's desire or soul's recreation, what it would be, when that process is complete, that is called surrender. The completion of the manifestation process, whether or not what one's desire is, has been brought forth yet through time and space or not, when the process itself is complete, that is called surrender and no other aspects need be. One need not go tweak what one desires. I'll go visit it a bit and see if it is growing just nicely, Let to see which dimensions it has traversed so far, the twelfth, the ninth, oh, in a year or so it ought be here. You see, once one completes the process itself, it is surrender. Surrender is the completion and the knowing that the process is complete. Now during the interval that we will term time and space, or while one is in the process of bringing through, the mind prefers to be of assistance. And so the mind makes effort on your behalf. The mind prepares and the mind envisions and the mind speaks highly of what you have prepared and processed and surrendered. And all of this contributes to the process as well, unless unless the mind says, oh, all this effort is for naught. And then the true effort begins. For then the mind, in its state of effort, goes about selling, as it were the idea to the other aspects of your being, that it is or is not happening in your favor. It did or did not manifest. It was or was not created. It did or did not exist. The two sides of the mind then, both attempting to work on your behalf, both efforting on your behalf. In essence, you cannot make your being this effort. And you cannot make your mind not effort. They as well are partners then. And just as fear and desire are partners, one need not preclude from the other to bring forth. Does this assist you?
4: Yes. Yes, thank you.
0: Indeed then, we'll say, as always, an honor and a privilege it is to be among such high-minded beings and such graceful candidates of light. Many blessings, dear, until we gather again. If you've enjoyed this experience, I'd like to invite you to visit my website, pepperlewis.com. Thank you for listening to Gaia's Voice.